Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of those good old-fashioned values. It's not, it's not that, it's not very special. I don't know why I said it's very special. I don't, it's, that's a lie. Like, that's just not a true fact. Today, we are joined for a, or you are joined... It's the Autism Power Hour. Today, you are joining us for another Autism Power Hour. Today, we are going to talk about... A topic that's very near and dear to, I think, all of our hearts. And I think if you're watching this and you're the kind of Reddit-ass nerd that, that uh, a lot of our fans are and that we kind of are, too, I think you'll, I think you'll really appreciate this one. Uh, today we're going to talk... And, uh, it all... I'm sorry, you can No, it's me. fine. No, obviously we have to say so important. No, uh, I was just going to say, and a topic that we were going to talk about previously. Uh, oh, yeah, you actually did. Ca- I forgot about that. Yeah, you actually did hear, like, ten minutes of the topic we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. Before we did like a fucking midstream fucking twist over the tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So today we are talking about the life and times of one Nicholas Kim Coppola, also better known as Nick Cage or Nicholas Cage or fucking. Uh, or the IRS's favorite actor. That's a great joke. Thank you. Yeah. That's, uh, it's that's only what been made a hundred times. Damn. Uh, it, it's crazy how much you can like cocaine. It's insane that that's how that it's in, like it is insane that there is a level of like cocaine you can do where you have to star in 80 shitty movies. <laughs> like like it's not like a normal level of cocaine is like, yeah, maybe you'll ruin your life a little bit. It's not like I have to become one of the most prolific actors in Hollywood, you know, <laughs> like generally, generally, that's like that is kind of a, a level of cocaine that is difficult for many people to reach. Um but yes, today we were talking about the life and times of Nicolas Cage. Uh, preface, I was a big fucking Nick Cage fan in that very annoying fucking teenager. Oh my God, this is so meme way. Uh, when I was like, uh, probably between the ages of like 14 through 17 or 18. And actually, I have a sizable collection. Let me go here. You hold the show down for a second. I'm going to go grab my you know collection what? of all my Nick Cage DVDs. Okay. Okay, while while you grab those, you know, because I I actually have seen not that much Cage. I've seen some stuff. I have, like, you know, I've seen some of his movies, but I'm mostly going in this blind, so I'm very interested to see Ty's perspective. Obviously, there's also a lot of stuff in here that you'd think that someone who, like, you know, because I don't, I, I obviously have big blind spots in my career, but, like, I've seen a decent amount of De Palma, never seen Snake Eyes, for example. Uh, I've seen a shit ton of comic book movies, never seen the Ghost Rider movies, although that seems like uh, a correct decision. Like, I have a lot of blind spots with Cage, even if there is, like, a lot of, like... Because Kate, Ty mentioned earlier that he's kind of a meanie actor, and, like, not to say he's, he's not... Epic. He's epic. But he, you know, he is kind of a niche guy. Uh, I, I was just talking... So, I, Ty, before you go into your DVD collection, I was thinking it would be a, a good idea for me to quickly just list off the five movies, according to Letterboxd.com, that I have seen that have Nicolas Cage in them. Go for it. So I'm going to go in order, just by... I ha- I put it up by rating, just because that way I, I knew I could see it. I'm going to put it in order by wor- least... Uh, to I'm gonna just gonna own order. I got so I've you. Seen sure. Yeah. yeah. The fir- so apparently he was in G Force. He the was. Yeah. I forgot he was in. Saw G-Force that when I was entirely. what nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that when I was like eleven. But yes, I've I, I've also okay, seen G Force. Yeah. We went. Uh, uh, so I actually saw G Force. We I went to like a summer camp when I was when I was. That younger. seems like a very summer camp. Exactly, and they would just take us to see whatever shitty kids movies was in theaters. So, like we saw that. We saw the Last Airbender. We saw fucking. Fucking the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which will also come up later. It's like we we saw some of the biggest dog shit that the year two thousand nine had. Sorcerer's to offer, Apprentice. But... I have not seen it, and it doesn't seem great, but it seems better than easily the best of the three movies you mentioned. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, G Force sucks. It's stupid. The CGI was bad. And I, I I've seen him concept. in Spider Verse, but he's not mm-hmm. he's not really a main character in Spider Verse. You know, it's, he's he's kind of a bit role. Yeah. He's good. He's but... doing a, he's doing a joke. Yeah. And then the three proper, like, films where Nick Cage is, if not the lead, a major leading force in it. First off, National Treasure, which I did not see until my 20s. That was not a kid, a movie I saw as a kid. It was fun for what it was. I have no desire to ever see it again. Uh, The Rock. One of the best movies ever made. 
might be my favorite of the the uh, Nick Cage movie. It might be the, it might be my favorite of fucking Bay's whole filmography. It's not mine, but it's definitely one of his. What's better yours? Ones. What Pain and Gain? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's fair. That's like the other one that you could art make an argument for. Yeah. I think it I think The Rock might be third. It's that and Bad Boys too. But anyway. Uh, uh, and then the final I one. I still have yet to see that. You keep telling me about how like it's racist and like it'll turn me into a Ku Klux Klan member when I watch it. <laughs> no, it is it is, it it is an insane movie. It is one of the most two thousand four movies ever made. Yeah. Uh and then anyway, uh the final one is uh John Woo's face off. Yes, yeah, yeah. And we will definitely be digging deep into that because that is, I think a locus on the whole Nick Cage meme ability uh, spectrum that people really, really focus on in a in a way that is kind of deserved and also I feel like maybe a little overblown. I get why you would yeah. say overwhelmed, but uh, let's let's. Um... So okay, so that you have a little bit of a experience with him, not too much, but you've seen some stuff. I'm on his filmography yeah. right now. I'm just going to go straight through. Every movie I haven't, and again, I'm not like I'm not a fucking completionist. On this. I was going to ask a lot of fucking Nick Cage movies. I have not seen the majority of Nick Cage movies because he has been in, I think, by this point, like 105 films. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was about to ask you. Wouldn't it be simpler to do the ones you haven't seen? No, that's actually not true because he has been. I've seen maybe like a solid two to three dozen of his movies. He has been in over 150. 128, exactly. Yeah. To, so actually, uh, so, it's, okay. so actually it's going to be a lot quicker to know the one to say the ones I have. Seen. Yeah. 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 For example, his first movie, fast times at Ridgemont high. He's not really a going concern in that. It's fine. It's a, as far I, as like, high school movies movie. go, it, it is one of, I think the more, effective at like getting through kind of what it feels like to be in high school. It's been a while though. So I might be totally wrong on that. Uh, I did not know he was in that. He's, he's like a bit role. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense. Valley girl. Have not seen that one either. It is literally like when I started getting into Nick Cage stuff though, my mom like sat me down and she was like, you cannot do this. I saw him in Valley Girl and it was the worst performance I've ever seen that anyone has ever done because he does like a weird, I think like squeaky voice in it. Or no, no. Was that Peggy Sue Got Married maybe? That actually might have been Peggy Sue Got Married. Valley Girl also seems like it sucks. It is It is interesting to learn how much of 80s comedies uh, Nick Cage played a bit role in. A good uh, And he's a not... fucking, he's a fucking I mean, yeah. yeah. He's a great actor. Not, I mean, that too. And, I think, do, actually, before we get into the filmography, do we kind of want to discuss, like, that whole piece of, like, like, like do we want to dig into the whole debate about Nick Cage? And, like, because, like, it, it is always, it is such, like, I, I feel like a, a canard that people go to when they're talking about Nick Cage, where it's like, oh, haha, he's the worst actor ever, but maybe he's no. a genius or whatever. And it's, like, it's, it is adding, I think, to that fucking, like, Chuck Norrisification of... Nicholas Cage to be like, oh my god, he's such a crazy, insane genius that he's so good at movies, but also he's in a lot of bad ones. And it's like, I technically, but you are, that's not really like, it's not because he's a crazy, insane genius. It's because he's an actor who makes a lot of weird choices no, you, and you is you on cocaine all the time. And, and I like him in, in things that I've seen, but you know who's an actor who gets cast in things mostly because of novelty in a lot of ways? Who? Christopher Walken. Yeah, well, he's he's on that same. I think there needs to be like a a term for like like more, less clunky than Chuck Norrisification for actors who get like the Chuck Norris treatment. You yeah, know? no, no, like like any anyone who like you would see memes about them on Nine Gag in two thousand twelve. Like there needs to be a, a an actual like academic term for grouping them together. I think Cage is a very capable leading man who brings a very strong intensity to every role he does but i i don't quite hold him in the same reverence as you do as one of like a top five actor i don't i don't know i mean i i cared a lot about his career for a while i don't watch movies so i don't really think i'm in any position to make that list but like yes it's like he is a better and more interesting actor than I think that fucking, than I think you can get from a guy, or from, from the analysis of a guy who's about to send you a Rickroll, you know? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, like like he is like Gene Wilder, fucking Keanu Reeves, fucking it it is a very and like that's what memes do. That's what like stupid people on the internet do. That's what we do. But like it, it is, I think it's very easy to like reduce actors into like a couple one or two buzzwords and like a like one aspect of their personality and then turn them into a whole fucking like symbol for something completely unrelated to or not completely but like mostly unrelated to their actual work, you know? Yeah, that, that's a that's a fair assessment for yeah. a, a lot of like Keanu especially is that mm-hmm. like he's yeah. yeah Patrick Stewart yeah 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 no that's why he that's why he was poop in the emoji movie hundred percent yeah and any any actor where like where like someone would have IM'd you a fucking like meme like impact font meme of them is yeah like that is what we are referring to in this conversation damn it's crazy uh to to you know. That we have no experience, Ty, uh, knowing what it is like to be completely typecast and a pigeonholed into one type of of, of creation of things when you kind of want to branch out and do other things. I don't know what you're talking no about. No experience in that. Yeah, no. No experience I don't. whatsoever. Did this, like, happen to, like, a friend of yours or something? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. No, it's oh, okay. happened to a lot of YouTubers I follow and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Ew, why would you do that? Like, home? <laughs> Shut up. Like, are you knocking on their window like, hey, make another make another seven hour fucking episode about Sam and Cat, please. (laughs) God, I hate that guy so much. Every time every time I see that guy, it is like I get the feeling of like if you saw an eye poking through a hole in a girl's locker room. (laughs) I hate that dude. That's, that's maybe the meanest thing I've heard anyone say about him. I mean, you know, I read some mean things about him. No, I can wow. say some meaner things about him, about that fucking, what, like, Quentin Review guy. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the guy. Within three years, he's going to release an 11-hour fucking YouTube video being like, here's why these allegations simply can't be true. Like, he, and he looks, I mean, I haven't seen a picture of this fool in forever, but if I remember, he just looks like, Bo- a fucking boogie like split into two guys he looks like one of them right that's like boogie's kind of i actually think of like um what's what's his name let me uh one of the main leads in the hangover movies uh, oh uh ken jong yeah definitely definitely ken jong <laughs> zach alfanak is this who you're thinking of yeah yeah which yeah he, I he looks a bit like young Young no, he doesn't. Back. He doesn't look like that. He looks like if you went back in time in a time machine and kidnapped like a village oaf and then brought him to the Bahamas. <laughs> like he, like he, he has like he has like half ogre physiognomy. I'm not saying that I even necessarily disagree with you. I do, na- not, you know. Yeah. I watched his videos, but I haven't seen them in years, and I'm kind of like done tired with them. But I don't have this hatred of them that you do. I get it. I just think it's annoying it's- to make seven-hour episodes about fucking kid shows. Like we can do it in one. Well, I, <laughs> I, I think what I what I was going to say is like is like I, it came completely out of nowhere. I have never seen you even tweet about him before, and here comes this wave of vitriol. It's very funny. It's because I don't want to think about him. It's because he makes me no, sick. I, I despise this fool. He has a plush of himself. Kill yourself. <laughs> and it's not even cute. The plush looks like it's going to commit sexual assault on you. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> Lee. That plush looks like it's going to chucky its way up to, like... Yeah, I was going to say... Some that, uncool, that... Like, some Title IX shit, you know? Chucky, but it's a, instead of being about a serial killer, it's about a rapist. Yeah, basically. Wasn't Chucky also a rapist? A little bit, but he was mostly into killing, from what I understand. Like, that's more his thing. Well, yeah, that's the... But, like, rape's like the aperitif, right? Yeah, no, no, definitely. Oh, God, I just found a picture of this guy with, like, like the fucking... Like, the nine-month son on HRT trans girl fucking swoop haircut. Like the fucking, like the fucking, uh... uh, Post, post Like the the fucking undercut, yeah. I want to see how bad it is for myself. It's so fun, God. Oh. Like, in that picture, he looks like a guy who would, like, have a t-shirt with the word egg on it. He sucks. I hate him. That photo is not down, doing him dude. any favors. Oh. 
This is an entire autism power hour about how much I fucking despise Quentin reviews. You know what? You know what? Pen this. This could be a fun, like, just YouTube, like, we do an autism power that's like you get cynical, but it's sure. Let's just list YouTubers we can't fucking stand. His head is shaped like the fucking evil boss from Rocco's Modern Life. Like the frog guy. Yeah, no, no. Like he, like he looks like a cartoon amphibian, but just with the worst beard you've ever seen. I could see him having webbed hands. He looks like a race that Dungeons and Dragons is about to introduce. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck this guy. Anyway, Nick Cage. Anyway, Nick Cage. Yeah, he's a good actor. He makes interesting choices because he's fucking yoked off his ass all the time. That's really all it needs to come down to. He's not a meme. He's also not, like, a fucking acting god. He's just a fascinating performer in ways that people who want to make him into a meme don't want to Kids, maybe sometimes do drugs. They feel maybe great. Sometimes, maybe sometimes do drugs. They, fe- maybe drugs they feel can awesome. can actually help you. Listen, I, I hope we don't have any fucking, like, 15-year-olds listening to this show. If you are... I mean, don't do drugs, but, like, in a couple of years, like, come back to this episode and, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they feel great. They're, they're awesome. Like, I don't know what to say. That's why people do them, is because they cocaine feel great. especially. Yeah. Well, okay, chill. <laughs> yes, cocaine especially. Dude, I have... Well, I was just referencing it because it was the Nick drug. Oh. It was the drug that he... God, I thought I was catching a stray there. Uh... <laughs> Maybe it was God. Cold. I have not. I've not done cocaine in a grip because, like, I had a scare with it, and so now I'm just drinking like four Red Bulls a day, and it doesn't have the same. Oh old. God! Yeah, that's not true. No. It's like maximum like three, but yeah, one when I get into work, one at lunch, maybe one when I'm coming home. Yeah. A kidney stone big enough to turn your kidney. Oh no! I'm going to your be, dick into like a. Mace. No, I'm going to go into the doctor, and they're going to be like, "Are you pregnant?" And I'm going to be, "No, that's just a boulder." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So back to the list. I think we already discussed uh, fast, fast Times at Ridgemont High, Bailey Girl. Yeah. Rumblefish. I never saw. I'm assuming you never saw either. I, Although it is funny because Rumblefish. it's a it is a phone or it's a film by Francis Ford Coppola. So he just called him up and he was like, "Hey, Unc, can I just fucking hop on for a bit?" Yeah, it's crazy that yeah. he's his nephew. I, I always forget about that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, "Yo, what's good, Unc? Can I swing by the cookout for a bit?" Yeah. <laughs> Um, Racing with the Moon. He was in a bunch of shit with Sean Penn. Did Sean Penn just like him or whatever? Because Sean Penn was in Fast Times too. And I think they were in like one or two later. Uh, The Cotton Club. All this stuff at the beginning is bullshit. I'm sorry. Well, it'll get interesting when he pops off. Birdie. No. Boy in Blue. No. Peggy Sue Got Married. Like my, like I said, my mom legitimately got mad at me because she saw him in that movie and she was like, he needs to be hanged. Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona is, I think, the big pop for him. That one-two punch of that and Moonstruck. And Raising Arizona is a fucking fantastic film. What was, was that also the big pop-off for the Coens? Uh, I think... I don't think it was their... Well, I don't know, actually. It wasn't their first movie. Their first one was No, Blood their first Simple. one was Blood Simple. But I feel like they had a pop before. Maybe not. Maybe that was also their kind Raising of... Raising Arizona is their second movie. Yeah, okay. So then, no, yeah. Then I guess that was their... For whatever reason, I thought fucking Miller's Crossing came first, but that makes no sense on, like, in retrospect. Um, yeah, no. So that was a big pop for Nick Cage. Also a big pop for two of the fucking greatest filmmakers of the American experiment. Um... And he's great in that. He the, he just plays, like, the way he plays that kind of, like, vacant, dumb uh, uh, energy that is funny because it is so in contrast with, like, a lot of, like, the high-octane stuff that people know him from. And, I mean, it helps that the script kicks ass. It helps that it's a very, very good script. And fucking, I mean, the it's the Cohen, so it's a stacked fucking cast. Holly Hunter, John Goodman, Francis McDormand. Like, it's it's fucking strong. Yeah. Has he worked with the Coens again? I don't think so. Uh, you, I would be hard-pressed to see. He should be in one of those new movies that fucking uh, Joel Coen's doing yeah. where it's like all of them are about just like a, a fucking pansexual cheerleader who goes on a serial killing spree. He, like, he is... He, 
He's making like Moneyball for the. He's making a spy movie. Joel Cohen's yeah. making, or not not Joel. Uh, the other Cohen's Ethan? making a spy yeah. movie about about a pantsuit wearing lesbian. Yeah, he, well, just, just he's like, making like a movie about like like a very like a meditation about like uh like a, a horrific crime and like a rural Rhode Island like in colonial like fucking like Jamestown times. And then fucking Joel comes in and he's like, "All right, so I'm making Moneyball, but it's about being bisexual." <laughs> <laughs> you know like i seriously think ethan had i'm i'm saying the names of these like i'm getting which one is which right right like i know the cohen's i'm the person who knows the cohen's the least of the podcast so i'll just agree with whatever you say yeah um no actually is joel the serious one fuck i might have actually gotten the mix up no, all right, God damn it, I did get it wrong. So, e- so all of the shit I said was Ethan doing. He's the one who's doing that, and Joel is the cool one. Um, but <laughs> yeah, which makes sense because Ethan's like Joel's. Joel is like uh, a which makes Joel's sense. like a normal guy named Ethan is like the name of a guy who looks like Quentin Reviews. <laughs> there are YouTubers, yeah. No, mm-hmm. uh, also, Joel is the one who was credited on Raising Arizona, so that's why I got you, got you, got you. I literally um, do think like. Ethan had, or, like, Joel had an app on his phone that, like, every time Ethan tried to DM Hari Neff, like, he could send him an electric shock. You know? <laughs> DMing Hari Neff in, like, 2001. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's more impressive to have an app in 2001. That is true. Yeah, no. Yeah. You figure out how to get that out of, like, an old Nokia. Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, I imagine, like, working with the two of those, like... <laughs> When they're going through a script, every other word that comes out of Ethan's mouth is like, do you think we could get Rachel Sennett for this one? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Ethan is going to make a seven-hour movie about, like, here's why Victorious was cool. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan's serious drama is... The life and times of Dan Schneider. Ethan has, this, Ethan has, like, the exact same fucking libido as every guy who skateboards at Maria Hernandez Park. <laughs> and it's a fun New York reference. Um, yeah, no, I fucking, I despise, he, that, that dude has ruined all his goodwill with one bad trailer. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's also because it's a trailer that targets so many things you don't like in movies. 100%. Yeah. Bisexual people. Women. All of your least favorite yeah, things. Yeah, that's actually mostly what it comes down to. Uh, Mo- uh, fucking Purple and Moonstruck. Blue Light. Moonstruck, great movie also. Yeah, I think it is maybe tarnished in the historical record for getting so, like, for, for kind of doing well at the Academy Awards over maybe other deserving ones. I don't know that drama, but I know I've heard enough people bitch about it where I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe like there are people who look at this with like a less fond eye. It's just a cute fucking let me, story. Let me see what it be. Let me, let yeah. me, as someone who is not familiar with it, let me see what uh, best picture. When did it come out? Because I'm not uh, seeing it in the. Uh... Uh, it should be the 60th Academy Awards. Okay, yeah, because I was yeah. looking at 61st, and that was that was Rain Man. Um, yeah. Okay. Actually, why the fuck are people so fucking pissed at this movie? It was just up against like what Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Stupid. Um Why the fuck are people mad at this yeah, movie? Seems, yeah. I uh, <laughs> remind me to ask Spencer later, because I'm not really seeing it. Oh, pe- well. isn't people are mad at fucking Am I making you get it wrong? Am I getting saying believing Las Vegas is we'll get to that, but that's like that is a strong enough movie I don't see why people would be getting mad at that for winning shit. Okay. Uh one best actress and support. Yeah, exactly. Like it's see. bullshit. Like why are people mad at this movie? Or is it just that, like, they think it shouldn't be that? I love episodes where it's like, all right, here, I'm going to tell you autistically about about a topic I'm really obsessed with. And then, like, 15 minutes in, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? I don't know anything That's about this That's kind of how autism works, though. That's kind of how autism also works. No, it's a good movie. It's cute. Yeah. He and Cher have good chemistry. I like the fucking... I think there is a bit of... Especially in, like, the fucking late 70s to 80s era, I think there is... People are a little bit enamored with fucking Dagos, like Italians, in a way that gets kind of grating when you look back. But, like, it's cute. It's played well. It's a fun love story. It's just, it's it's not really, it's kind of, like, fluffy, but that's what you want in a movie sometimes. And it's got Cher. Who hates Cher? You know? 
Vampire's Kiss. Amazing movie. That is, so Vampire's Kiss is the first movie that people really, like, take... I think that is where the memification of Nick Cage kind of stems from, at least for a lot of people, because that's the one where he is playing a man who is slowly losing his mind. And because of that, he makes a lot of big swings to seem insane, like an insane person would seem. And people look at it and be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's so bad at acting. Like, you might know the famous, like, um, he does, like, the entire alphabet, like, that monologue. I think so. Uh, it's... Let me, let me... He just... He makes a lot of big, very, very strange moves in this movie because he's playing a guy who is functionally functionally losing his mind and people especially people who are big into like fucking early internet culture are not maybe amazing at parsing context um yeah, yeah. no he's he's a very yeah using dramaticism to sort of in a specific way to sort of add other stuff and that can be kind of ignored like by people yeah. who aren't as you know, well, and, and, and this is something I think we talk about in the show, and I think that's, that's something we kind of capitalized on in the beginning, is, like, there is such a flattening of, like, people's ability to read media and culture, be, like, just through, I mean, one, just, like, a lot of it getting shittier, and two, just from, like, having ease of access to a lot of different forms of art, kind of making it less necessary to really reflect on and try to take into account what films are trying to say and like what, you know, aesthetic and thematic and honestly like sensory outside of even visual and like choices that they make. And with movies like that, that are trying something weird, that are trying to not just play, like, you know, trying to play a movie that isn't just fucking like Die Hard or whatever. Die Hard's a great movie, but like it is a movie that is like not going for like that kind of very straightforward, very easy to comprehend uh, uh, structure and and the characterization. I think once people have been kind of like had their brains corroded by over media saturation, like pouring fucking coke on their cerebral cortex from like having too much YouTube, I think that that is kind of the first thing on the chopping block of people will try to mock, you know. Which is a shame, because it's a fucking awesome movie. So, also, I think what will, is that, like, by the early 80s, which I didn't realize Cage was a known quali- quantity, but by that or by the late 80s. I, re- I really, really think it's the, sort of in. it's the one-two punch of Arizona Moonstruck. I really think people started to take notes of him then. Also, his uncle's the godfather guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which probably didn't hurt. It's so funny that, like, we talk about Nepo babies and how, like, everyone's a Nepo baby these days. And it's like, you go back and you look at anything, it's like, oh, it's, like, half of everyone who's ever done art is a Nepo baby. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. Like, I it's mean, Nepo babies all the way down. <laughs> yeah, Nepo babies have been a thing since, for, you know. Nepo babies has been a thing since a guy got rich. Yeah, yeah, since since the since the pyramid. Yeah, since like Nepo babies are old. since there was a guy who had a house with more rooms than another guy's house, there has been a Nepo baby in like functionally every every. Yeah, aspect there has of... always been a guy who's going. Look, I can my cousin can take care of exactly. This. He's got it. He's really good. yeah yeah yeah. It's um it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, Time to Kill, 1989. I thought this is the movie about Matthew McConaughey being, like, a racist lawyer or whatever. I guess this is, like, an Italian movie about hanging out in Africa. I don't know anything about this movie. No. Not even a little bit. Uh, Never on Tuesday. Don't know this one either. Apparently he played man in red sports cars, so I don't know if it's his finest hour. Was it the car's finest hour? It seems like, I don't know, red's a good color for car. It might be good. Was it like a Camaro, I wonder? That's nothing. That's not even a joke at all. Why am I even saying that stuff? Uh, this is one that I know Spencer will play me over have never having seen. But Wild at Heart is a blind spot in my both Cage and Lynch filmography, and I do feel very bad. I've heard it's amazing, and I do want to see it. It is, uh, don't feel too bad. It's also a me blind blind spot. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm not, I would never compare myself to you. 
See, you couldn't you couldn't tell because we don't video no. like record the videos of this. I like turned my head to the side like I was panning to camera too, with just a yeah, stupid he, look on my yeah, face. Yeah, he did he did gym face at his wall. Yeah, no, and my computer. His dog monitor. walked in the room and he was like, "I'm gonna put this bitch's stapler in some Jello." Yeah. <laughs> fire, firebirds. I don't. Is this just like the fucking? You know what? Honestly, we could probably just, like, skip ahead to cage things you have things to say about. You know, we don't need to cover every everything. Okay. Next one I've seen him in is Honeymoon in Vegas, which sucks. Um, it's a very bad movie. But uh, James Caan is in it, and he's great, and he has, like, a fucking, like, fat little roly-poly sidekick who I like a lot. I mean, the poster of for that movie, I think it might be Letterboxd, has a more modern poster. Yeah. That is an insanely bad poster. Yeah. Uh, uh, are you looking at the one the Wikipedia has where they're on the House of Cards? No, I'm not seeing... I'm not looking at the Letterboxd one, which, let me... Let me it looks like... The most, one of the most bargain bin DVD covers I've ever seen. Oh, well, would you believe, yeah, I know, I know the one you're looking at. I had that DVD. Um, And would you believe it is one of the most bargain bin fucking movies you've ever seen? Yeah, no, I can, I I can imagine. Yeah, this sucks, dude. And also, like, half of it is about, like, Nick Cage wanting to fuck his mom. And they never, they never address (laughs) it. Like, they never actually give it its due. Does Sarah Jessica Parker play his mom? Yeah, no. I mean, that's the wife, but she functionally could. Okay. Literally, no, literally the movie starts off with him, like, his mom is just, like, in her on her deathbed, and she's like, never get married because I don't want you loving another woman more than me, and then dies. <laughs> what? Who wrote that? Who like, wrote that? I, that is like that is like a fucking hand grenade lobbed into his fucking sexual pathology for the rest of his life. Ty, would it, would that it is, surprise That you? is the cruelest thing a parent could ever do to their child. Okay, so I, I it was apparently Andrew Bergman, who is one of the apparent credited writers on Blazing Saddles. Oh, was it to, was that supposed to be a joke then? Because it wasn't funny. <laughs> I don't know. I think he was one of the guys who got in because, like, credited a bit role. Because he doesn't look at... I haven't seen him in anything else super noticeable writing-wise, so... What else did he do? The In-Lies, The Freshman, and Striptease. Yeah, no, all of this looks kind of dog shit. I think he might just be a bad screenwriter. Who got or no. credited or, Oh, he moment. wrote and directed it. Oh, so this was a passion project. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. This dude sucks. Listen, I have discovered probably three or four enemies on this episode. He wrote Fletch? He wrote Fletch. I noticed that what? too. Then how the fuck did he, how did he write this pile of dog shit? I think I've seen Fletch. I'm pretty sure. What I've... the hell? Oh my God. I guess this guy's not my enemy anymore. Yeah, he is soul writer on Fletch too. Yeah. Fuck. Because Fletch is a fucking great movie. I'm mad that, like, I opened room in my heart to hate this guy, and then I had to... Now it's just a hole. Now it's just, like, a little blank spot in my heart, in my heart you know? Well, let's fill it with the next Nick's Cage movie. <laughs> yeah. I've A couple of these I haven't seen. Amos and Andrew. This actually looks like kick-ass. I might want to watch this one. It's him and Samuel L. Jackson. That's a good duo. That's a fun duo. Red Rock West. Uh, you know... No. There were, Like, there was a while there for, like, a good, like, 15 like 10 year period where samuel l jackson and uh and bruce willis were the biggest duo in hollywood what it's pulp fiction right yeah yeah although you mean even before that or well the thing about pulp fiction is that i don't think sam jackson and bruce willis are even in the same scene together in that movie i guess die hard 3 would be the start of that because that might be the earliest but yeah well no but i mean like but also, fucking Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, like, even if they don't hang out that much, even if they're not best friends in that movie, like, they are kind of the two focuses that the They movie are the true, like, main, fun, like, main characters is, are in that movie. Hooked on, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that makes sense then. Um, next one I saw of him is Guarding Tess. Never heard of this one. Awful, really bad movie. It's He is the, like, goofy Secret Service agent to the... Tough, you know, the, the tough but also funny uh, Shirley MacLaine as the uh, first lady. Do you ever scroll through YouTube and see, like, little clips of that young Sheldon show? Because that is, like, what the algorithm has chosen is, like, the big thing. For the past I don't get months. that, but I, I definitely understand. Never? Like, I've ended up with, like, Bob's Burgers, so I totally... Yeah. Well, I say that because 
if you know like do you know any like sassy grandma character? Yeah, no, I'm familiar. That's with the basically sassy. what that's basically what Shirley Shirley MacLaine's doing in this movie. It's it's very disposable. Yeah, this yeah this seems like it another sucks, bargain yeah. '90s comedy. This this is the kind of shit you would find in like the worst part of an Fye. Oh. Yeah, like if they if there somehow was like a mythical Fye still hanging around like the fucking kiosk that they bought the Gremlins at, this would be like. It's lower tier product. It's been hiding in the Best Buy bargain bin for like 10 years. Yeah. This is the kind of shit you would find like somehow under your uncle's couch when you are like clearing out his stuff after his untimely death. (laughs) Yeah. It's a videotape. Yeah. This is a movie that like they would make like a bootleg Ty Winnings version of it and it would be a better movie. Okay. Um... Yeah. It's not, it's just not very good. It's just, and it's also just bland, like, which is annoying. Um, what is the next one I saw of him? Could happen to you. Don't know that one. Trapped in Paradise. Don't know that one. Century of Cinema. Seen. Leaving Las Vegas. Leaving Las Vegas is a fucking tour de force. It is, honestly, that movie should be, like, what you have, like, you could just show someone his performance in that movie. And I think, like, there are still aspects of it where it's, like, he is kind of an intense, and he is, like his inflection is like off enough that people who are very dedicated to seeing Nick Cage as a bad actor would still take it as that. But I think I think you could show this to like maybe a solid like 90 percent of skeptics, and it would convince them like, no, this dude is genuinely a fucking great actor. Do you know this one at all? He's like basically just like a fucking failed writer who's trying to kill himself in Las Vegas through alcohol. He like befriends a prostitute played by Elizabeth Shue. This, this was a blind then, spot for me, but it seems good. Yeah. It seems like something. Yeah. I, will, I will not before. spoil the ending for you, but it's sad. Really drunk cage yeah. feels like something he could do more based on what I know about him, which is funny because you know, he's more of an uppers guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then immediately after we get to the rock, the rock, he had, Dude, he had such a fong, uh, such a strong stretch here for like three years. You know what might be my favorite scene in The Rock? My favorite little moment. What? Do you remember the scene? And this is a Sean Connery thing, not a Nick Cage thing, where Sean mm-hmm. Connery like gets away and is in the 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 like the rich guy at the hotel's car, and he calls him on the car phone, and Sean just looks at it confused and then throws it away. That might be the best joke Michael Bay has ever written. No, I don't remember. I have not, I'm going to be honest, I have not watched that movie since I was 17. There are so many little angles of it that I do not remember well enough. But Also, much like Pain It just rips. It's so stupid, but it's also just like, and I like that like it's Nick Cage kind of playing against type a little bit, I feel like, because like, I mean, maybe it's just because, like, the whole manic thing hadn't really been established yet. But, like, he is very much, like, the straight man to uh, Sean Connery for most of that movie. And that's, like, that is fun to see, like, him take that other angle, like, in that in that little buddy cop duo. Yeah, no, he's, he's kind... Like, in a lesser role, yeah. Matthew Broderick would have gotten the role that Nick Cage has in this movie. Yes, that is such a fucking good point. Or, like, Michael J. Fox or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But getting, like, like someone who can be convincingly cool, like Cage, for this role really helps. In, like, an intensity. Yeah. Um, you yes. know what else is... And this is another off thing about Bay that I've noticed... He, you know, Bay obviously really likes making his actors do really embarrassing shit with a couple of exceptions. Ed Harris is one of those exceptions, because in this and Pain and Gain, he is the one genuinely, like, cool, competent guy in both of these movies. Yeah, that's a great point. I, again, I am not the biggest fucking... I'm not either, but I've seen a decent Like, I just... But I I don't even mean from, like... I just mean, like, not wanting... I don't really care to dig into much of his work, but, like, that is a... And then... Honestly, I did not realize we were already at an hour. What if this is a two-part episode? Honestly, that might be a good idea. That yeah, might... because this, I think this next stretch is, like, strong enough that we fucking end on it. And then maybe next episode we get yeah, into, like, yeah. the actual, like, the bullshit, like, direct-to-video era. You want to go through because Face Eye, Face Off, Con Air. Well, eyes. let's start with Con Air. Which is a, uh, a blind That spot. is, you don't, oh, you gotta watch Con Air. I know, everyone, like, everyone talks about it as one of the cages. I got I got it on VHS from a Goodwill when I was probably 15. And I spent that summer, I spent probably at least like four or five days just sitting in my house watching Con Air on wow. that fucking that that, is... like, really shitty broken down VHS. Yeah. A movie that came out the year before I was born. <laughs> 
Um, oh yeah, I forget we were born, both born ninety eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's so it is so interesting because like it's not the movie itself. Like you, there are you can make critiques with it. Like fucking Malkovich is goofy as like the fucking kind of mincing, fucking lisping, like we're you know biggest serial killer Dave in the world. Chappelle's like a bunch of, in that? Yeah, I think so. Like, yeah, he is. I saw really? it in the credits. I'm like, what? Huh? He's probably just one of the sundry. God, really. It's so weird because I just think of him as a stand-up guy and the Chappelle show, but it's crazy to see him in, like, an action, yeah. the comic relief guy in the action movie. Well, you you know the premise of the movie, right? Um, could you... Basically uh, what happens... So Nick Cage is, like, uh, like, a, like an ex-army guy, like uh, a Marine or something, and he gets sent to prison for accidentally killing a guy in a bar fight. And so he's about to come home. He's about to see his daughter for the first time. He's, like, bringing her, like, a, you know, little, like, stuffed rabbit as a present. And then they're like, well, how are we going to get him home? I know. Let's put him on an airplane with 700 of the most deadly criminals in the U.S. penal system. (laughs) And you'll never guess what those silly little guys do. (laughs) If your guess is they take over the plane immediately... Actually, you were going to guess it because that's exactly what they do. Fucking. It's so cool you could make movies where guys potentially could, do a 9-11 before 9-11. It, it's, I mean, yes, like anything plain, it is cool that like they got to make movies about planes between like, because there was a period like, but I would think between 9-11 and probably like that fucking Denzel Washington movie where he does all the drugs, <laughs> where you couldn't really make a whole lot of plane movies. <laughs> No, no, you couldn't. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that should have been like a sign that Americans were over nine eleven. Where we made a movie where it's like, yeah, it's about a guy who like fuck, he gets fucked up piloting a plane. Like, like I, I think the time it took for to make a movie about a guy who's bad at piloting a plane is the time it took for America to get over its vast national psychic wound after nine eleven. But no, basically, yeah, he's just like, he's like the one good criminal on this ship full, or on this fucking plane full of every pedophile that, that has ever been convicted of, of any crime. And John Melkovich is basically just like a fucking Shakespeare, I mean, not Shakespearean, he's like, he's like what the fucking preppy bully would look like in, or he talks like the preppy bully would talk like in like a high school movie that has like, maybe not the best budget, you know? He talks like the preppy like with- bully in like a movie adaptation of Saved by the Bell, you know? And it's great. Because he's also just like a full-on Like rapist. permanent sneer. Yeah. That's great. And then and then there's there's a whole through line of fucking Steve Buscemi as like a sympathetic pedophile. <laughs> like we like you're supposed you to know, be like that's very fucked in, up. you're supposed to be very invested in his like attempts to not molest a little girl. You know what's fucked up? what steve buscemi is the guy you cast for the sympathetic he well yeah because he he has that like that kind of innocent face but then you look at his face and you're like i could see him molesting yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. perfect balance um it's such a i love that like and it is something that i think we really have lost that we used to be able to make huge summer blockbusters and the entire plot treatment sounds like it was written by a guy who got kicked in the head by a horse. And Hollywood's you know? gotten too clean. Well, I mean, Hollywood's gotten too clean, and also every other Hollywood movie is based off of, like, a comic book that came out in 2007, you know? Yeah. Like, Mar- Marvel shit aside, like, a lot of movies are just, like, fucking Mark Millar wrote some bullshit for fucking Dark Horse comics. Like, let's just make it into a movie, you know? Yeah, no, Mark Millar is maybe the most adapted comic author of all time. Yep. Anyway, Face. Yeah. Face Off. Oh. This, I mean, it could be its own episode. Okay, one of the all-time great premises of a movie is, yeah. what if two guys did a surgery to switch faces? That's and the, it's, that's, it's, all, yeah, it's such a great premise. It's a, the, just all the, the weird sci-fi. The coolest Freaky Friday possible. Yeah. When it's it's so it's so perfect as like a weird gonzo summer blockbuster because like it takes place basically now, but with like three or four little like weird fucking sci-fi touches. But with NCIS. Like, yeah, they can do face surgery. Yeah, they have a surgery. they have a fucking magneto prison, you know, like and, and and also, also, the scene in the opening with Cage and the choir. I mean, 
that to me is kind of a double-edged sword because I feel like that one gif of him squeezing the nun's ass with his mouth open more than anything, I think like you could tie maybe like 73 to 74% of like the Nick Cage memification to that one. Yeah, but it is a real glorious. It is that and the scene, it is that and the scene from Con Air where he has the long mullet that's blowing in the breeze. I also feel like in this movie, there's a lot of, woo kind of playing up to the american perception of what a john move like you got all the dramatic fights in a church at sunset yeah. with the dub like he he is like these stupid americans need to be taught like i'm just yeah. going to go all out on that this this movie is him taking off the rockley leg weights yeah yeah no it's not my favorite american movie, woo, but still really good and, uh, and just what a fucking great premise like like you said like not only just as like a weird like gonzo sci-fi thing but also just like the premise of what if we had two actors, like, basically the Freaky Friday thing, like, what if we had two, like, really well-renowned action actors, and we just made them talk like each other for two hours? Yes, yes. That's so, that's so good. What if we did Freaky Friday, but also they killed people? Oh, my God. City of Eight, we should do a whole episode on We Face should, Off. we should I watch Face Off sometime. Yeah. I, I'd love yeah, we should. Unrelated to the podcast, we should. you should come to Philly and we should watch Face Off. Sure. Wait, let me check. Yeah, we'll... We'll have a little, we'll have a little meetup, and just it'll just be, we'll get you crazy high. We'll get you like tearing off pieces of your skin high, and we'll watch Face Off. I okay, so yeah. I wanted to check. I'm kind of surprised and a little grateful that there is not a Face Off too, but just because that feels like the exact kind of action movie to get to a direct to DVD sequel in 2010. I get, but the thing is, it's already kind of a direct to DVD sequel. Yeah, like I don't, you know, like I don't even know. How you you would just like what like put it on Laserdisc exclusively? Like I legitimately, what comes after that? They ma- they would make it into like a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> like they would they would make fucking Buzz Lightyear of Star Command for Face Off. Uh, City of Angels never watched. It seemed fucking boring. Snake Eyes. I'm not even huge into De Palma. It is such. It a is fucking maybe my biggest blind spot with De Palma. If you lick the screen in any scene that Nick Cage is in in that movie, you will come off with a numb tongue. Yeah, it's like that he is, and maybe blow he is out. Sweating, he is sweating coke in that movie. <laughs> That's the vibe it's I amazing. get from the poster. He is like, like, it is to a degree that like, I like, if you are to watch this movie, Gary Sinise, fun in it too. It's just a cool, it's like a, it's like kind of, like centrally located in like a small little fucking like i think the entire thing takes place in in just like the boxing arena right i've not seen it in a grip but i will remember it always because like probably four years before i ever did coke i'm like this is i get what it feels like now i understand actually what it exactly and and, and it was correct and it was a correct feeling that's that's insane yeah no that's that says to the quality of brian de palma as a director yeah, that's he's fucking he's a solid guy. God, literally all this episode is making me do is just like being like I should rewatch every single Nick Cage movie. God, because some of these like some of these I thought I knew more, and then I realized I am working off the hazy memory of a fifteen year old, and I'm like, man, I wish I wish I had some more fresh information on this. I wish I went back to the old me and re- and watch you know seventy hours worth of media for one episode. That would be a fun, is we watch a season's worth of TV for one episode, but it's like six movies. We could, I mean, we would probably. We need a little time to prep, but we could do something like that. The moment you said that, every single one, like half of the people listening to this immediately had like a hands-free orgasm. <laughs> yeah. Eight millimeter, never watched. I've heard it's good. I just, uh, it's Joel Schumacher, which is. Fun, like, when you imagine that he did anything else besides the Batman movies. And then I think maybe we end on the his last movie of the millennium, uh, because this is actually a big one. Maybe this is our bridge, because I think in the next episode I want to talk about Bringing Out the Dead a lot, because it is, I, I think it might be my favorite Scorsese movie. Oh, wow. It is, because I, I think... More than any of his movies besides maybe Last Temptation of Christ, it is the most attempting to grapple with the themes of, like, Catholicism that, like, 
as like a fucking Italian guy uh, from like New York, like obviously that like traces its way through a lot of his work. But this movie to me, it is concerned pretty first and foremost. And, and I think you could make an argument that it is like its largest concern that it is about like the failure of human beings to live up to godliness, you know, like it is, it is a movie in many ways, all about like man's attempt to follow Christ's example and the fact that it is not feasible for a lot of people and kind of exploring how people deal with that. You Ty, know? have you seen Silence? I have not. Oh, you I should, because silence, that is, seems like, yeah. silence is very much about not being able to follow in Christ's example. No, I've, I forgot he did Silence, but from what I've heard, it seems like they are both they, they're both dealing with like very similar thematic concerns. Silence rules. I love that yeah. movie. Minor annoyance with bringing out the dad is that it 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 has Nick Cage monologue a lot in a way that I don't think he's particularly good at, and I think kind of takes takes you out of the actual propulsive stuff of the story. Uh, and I, our cat, pretty sure our cat's fine. I don't know if she's the best choice for that movie. It's a great movie. Literally, if you take one thing away from this episode, if you have not seen Bring Out the Dead yet, uh, watch it. Also, fun fact about me, my great uncle on my mom's side was in this movie as an extra. Oh. I think, and I might be wrong, because I've looked this up and the information is hazy. He, the first dead body that he has to find... uh, I, I think, if I remember correctly, Patricia Arquette's father, I think my great-uncle played the body. Okay, that sounds fun. What a crazy... Co- I don't think I have anyone in my family who, who has been a movie extra. Um, he was uh, he was in a show with John Malkovich on, I think, Off-Broadway. That's cool. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's cool as shit. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, well, it was, it was like White Chalk Circle or something. Uh, it was like a weird one that, or not John Malkovich, uh, fucking Doc Brown, um, Christopher Lloyd. So uh, you want to kind of wrap it here? I think I want to wrap it here. Yeah, because yeah, early two thousands cage. Yeah. That's a very looking over totally stuff. That's a very animal. different beast. Yeah. Because yeah. the next one we get is gone in sixty seconds, and it's like, yeah, that is a <laughs> that is. I think you can mark an actual like a solid demarcation between ninety nine and two thousand. So, yeah, thank you for, I guess, what turned into the first part of our very hazy Nick Cage retrospective. Hope you enjoy. By the way, I just want to say, because I realize I have not said this for fucking two weeks, my Twitter got suspended and I just made a new one. Um, (laughs) Nice. We keep avoiding, we keep forgetting it. If any of you guys want to follow, it's at clown underscore tools. Uh, I'm not allowed to post right now because the website thinks I'm a bot, but... Yeah, just check that out if you want to check that out. I keep forgetting to say, like, oh, yeah, I fucking... That's why I'm not around on there anymore. But otherwise, we will... I mean, have a great day. Thank you for doing this, Andy. We will see you next week. Yep, or we'll see you later time. this week. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye. Recording. Right, like this bitch, right? Like this. I hate him. He. I feel like you know. He's just. He's doing his job. He's working on the weekend. He's he's just too chipper. Like it's just. It's like. It. It's like he's like a little like fucking apple cheek doll. It's like.
just can you show like some emotion once you know yeah i know where you're recording yeah. is that all you, you can say is that oh, all you, you add yeah oh you never have a bad day you never just will like talk to your coworkers, and it's also like fucking sorry to say the workplace is like also kind of a social sphere like you have to interact with your coworkers. you can't just do your job you know it's his like, kid is i was talking to him the other day his kid is yeah. really sick Oh, gee. See, but that's something that, like, he could talk to us about. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I think he's just... I don't think so... Like, it's not his job to be your friend, you know? No, it's not. I just, like, I don't know. I feel bad, I guess, that, like, he... He doesn't feel like he can open up to his coworkers, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe you can be, like, look... Uh, and, like, do a little introspection and wonder... Wonder oh, why. Like you, know. Maybe. Yeah. you know, Ty, maybe, yeah, as one of your coworkers, maybe you could stand to do a little introspection. No, I think it's probably mostly coming from Andy. Yeah, it's, I'm definitely it's the problem. The it's mm. always me. Always See, because when I when I was talking to Record Bot the other day, you know, just in the podcast sphere, he does he freelances at a lot of different places. Oh, he was he was telling me he he really took took issue with 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 how Ty speaks about him and 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 to him. We gave him I a think chance. It's actually like more we, of a, that, that's the thing. We gave him yeah. a high issue. Exactly. Well, it's if like I'm being honest with you, if I'm being honest with you, it, it do you think he like can't hear what you said about? But I didn't said it's a, I didn't Yeah, but yes you did because no, before he started before he started recording he said you can talk back to him he doesn't care. Yeah. You said you said that. Yeah. He's given no he's given no indication in the what 8 months we've worked together that he listens to anything we say. Like I Well, uh. okay. I mean, if somebody is a quiet person does that mean they they deserve to be bullied. Uh, I guess I got to do some introspection. You're right. Yeah, I think maybe. Uh, um, that's probably what you should think about, about. Yeah. You should think about how there's the power dynamic here. You're the host of this podcast. He's essentially your employee. He's a contractor. And is well, okay. Yeah. He's a contractor. Would there's a. A lot of people who are contractors, technically, but they work in an office and they have yeah. someone who can. Yeah, I mean, you could not, yeah. you could choose to not use his services anymore. And again, his child, his son, is very ill. Is no, very, see, like, very ill. This is the first I'm hearing about this, and that actually does change. Well, okay, but here's yeah. the thing, Ty. Everybody has their own life. No, I get it, and I'm everybody saying, has. Like, problems that they're facing so even though you didn't know this yeah this is a great lesson of yeah why it's not good to to be mean to someone mm -hmm. just because they're not um satisfying your desires which is that's a great point yeah what is happening here well, you I want mean, this person to be your friend you want this person to make an effort to be social with you that is something that you want it's not something that you need I and get, but can I, can I get vulnerable for a sec? Part of me kind of takes that as like, What? Can you get volleyball for a sec? <laughs> what are you saying? You just want oh, to, to talk? Oh, no, I, I said, said volleyball for yeah, a Can second. I get volleyball? Can I play some badminton in the middle of this? Can we just fuck badminton? You're really like, being I thought you were really, really being a camp counselor. I just, yeah. I just go like 20 minutes in. Hey, you want to play some badminton? It would take yeah. like, God, I've not played badminton in so long. I bet those little fools I teach would love that. It's been a we while. Yeah. We should set up a badminton that. No, but I was going to get vulnerable and just say, like, like, you know, and I, I get it. He, there's, I guess there's no obligation that he has to, but it's it's one of those things where it's like when you really make an effort and not even an effort to be like best friends or whatever, but just an effort to like be like, hey, you're like here all the time. We should have like a, rapport like a working relationship here and you just brushed off you get like one word sentences mm -hmm. like it does kind of feel like it kind of feels like a maybe not an attack but it feels like definitely he has something against me you know mm. like I, 
Yeah, that's in this but it's like if that's the energy that you're gonna put out, it's like I'm sorry, I'm gonna return that. You know, if I'm trying okay. my hardest and and I'm not getting anything besides like kind of just casual scorn, like that's what I'm putting back. Like I'm but, sorry. Oh, okay, but you're you're at you're using a lot of adjectives here that are are born of your <laughs> own own feelings. I guess, yeah. Right? It's it, like, it is a personal thing, yeah. But it's just like scorn. You're you're assuming malice. Can we please start sure, recording? But I mean, after a while, like I don't know. I don't. Are know. we not you're recording? Right. I've been recording. No, we're recording. No, we are recording. Um, I think he meant like recording the actual episode and not this this fun little uh, sideshow from the office.